You're listening to What the Folklore, making sense of senseless tales. You can support us on Patreon and join our Discord server at patreon.com slash wtfolklore. Hello, everyone, and welcome to What the Spook Lore. I am your spook teller, Carmen. Grime Weaver Tyler. And I am the gatekeeper. My job is to keep you out of internet communities that you think you should be able to hang out in, but it's not actually that casual. Unfortunately, following the employee handbook to the letter, I was obligated to lock myself out. So uh, I have nothing to do, so I'm here on this podcast. Well, that's fair. Welcome. How's your tome? I mean, I don't... Is it still chained up? That was my old job, man. Oh, so it's, it's abandoned somewhere. I mean, they probably gave it to someone else. I don't know what the fuck he's doing with it. <laughs> like, what do you do? You, it, was that the, was that the impression you got of the, you know, keepers of cursed tomes that each one is 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 like customized or soul bound to the individual person? No, man, we're just employees. <laughs> it's like, more of a trapper keeper situation. Yeah, there are office supplies. <laughs> Just mass-produced tomes, ancient chained tomes. Yeah, they they are cursed and invested with, you know, profound occult power, but they are just office supplies. They can be both. Yeah, that's part of what makes them cursed. They've really, uh, like, they've industrialized the curse complex, which explains a lot about how the world works. Right, yeah. You know, once you get that ball rolling, it is kind of just like a perpetual engine on its own. Like, the curse energy just continues to feed into itself. In I mean, this way. is literally what Madoka Magica is about, so <laughs> it's all, it, all, it all works out. Well, it's good to have you back on the show, Dave. Yeah. yeah. Glad to be back. As I was saying earlier, you know, I think that um, these folktales really bring out the best in us, or, or something, question mark. <laughs> <laughs> I'm concerned if this is the best in us. Perhaps we should do some soul-searching. <laughs> Well, last week, Tyler took us on a spooky tangent <laughs> yeah. that lasted the majority of the episode. I'm not as experienced in tangents as Tyler is, but I'm going to dip my toe into it. So I have the spooky job of uh, helping to care for a five-year-old all week. Would you Who consider is... her a girl child? <laughs> I suppose, Yes. I'm just curious because I'm looking at nationaldaycalendar.com and it is International Day of the Girl Child. Oh. <laughs> that that is a, that's a folktale holiday. Yeah, that's a that's a spooky day all in and of itself. The United Nations put together this name. <laughs> Spent a lot of time deliberating it, I'm sure. Yeah. So what's the deal with this girl child that you're uh. related to? Oh, this girl child wants to be an author. All right. And a noble endeavor. Yes. Uh, She would like to be an author and a veterinarian, which is actually the exact combination of things that I wanted to be (laughs) at her age. So that's really interesting. That's a good sign. (laughs) Yeah. I don't like the sarcasm that you used in your tone of voice there. I just mean that this podcast has an air now. Oh, yeah. We can, we we can pass to, the torch. Yeah, to slough this off onto when we're so, dead. Uh, speaking of cursed tomes. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah, so I, I will try and, and weave that curse around her so that the torch may be passed. So she is currently working on a book because that is a thing that I can use to entertain her for quite some time. Um and my goal is to keep her focused on it without, like, making her lose interest or the love for what she is doing, which is a challenge when you have a, a five-year-old girl child powered by sugar. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so we're doing a hardback watercolor book so that it is fancy one, because if it's a fancy one, I can wheedle that a little bit yeah. <laughs> in front of her. Uh, and her book 
is titled Lily and Esther and the Black Lagoon colon Trash Wolf. <laughs> yeah, I, I think we have I think we have a, a successor to Axe Cop on the horizon. Essentially. Put it yeah. put it on Kickstarter yesterday. <laughs> Uh, Trash Wolf is a character of her own creation. Uh, uh-huh. This is actually, uh, this is a title she's bandied about for a couple of weeks now. Because when I asked her what book she wanted to make with our fancy book project, uh, she popped this one out and was like, didn't you already write that one? She's like, no, I never finished it. <laughs> and so she's already on the path of being an author. Like, she's yeah. got to figure that's, out. That's stage one. Yeah. Like she, she is already doing the entire process of being a published author, so she's clung on to this idea for quite some time. Uh, Trash Wolf is, as best as we can tell, based off of uh, this family board game, like one of those interactive ones with the plastic toy bits, wherein you are trying to retrieve food from a dumpster, but it's got kind of a, like, don't wake daddy style uh, timer random popping out thing Mm -hmm. of a raccoon that she has mistaken for a wolf. (laughs) Um, But has taken that and turned it into her own thing. Um, A a trash wolf. Yeah, Trash Wolf. Mm-hmm. Um, the Black Lagoon appears to be for atmosphere and is not part of the <laughs> canon of the tale. Oh, that's an interesting way to title a book. Yeah. <laughs> just, just like set up set up the mood. <laughs> Some of these words are just vibes. <laughs> yeah, exactly that. Um, so we're taking it like a little bit at a time. Because writing a book's a big deal. Um, and so today we got the the title page done and the first three pages of the story written. Uh, wherein they are looking for a cute cat behind a dumpster. All right. That's and a as she was start. Yes. As she was illustrating it, uh, she explained that she was illustrating herself as a year older than she is currently so that she is taller than her friend. That's a good detail. <laughs> also, a, wor- a worthwhile reason to do it. <laughs> I love, I love that too. But like, at this point in her life, that's the limit of her imagination. <laughs> like, I have unlimited power for how to depict myself. Insert. I'm going to be one whole year older <laughs> and a little taller. Yeah. That is not the limit of her imagination, however, because I got to like listen to the author. Like, you know how stories have. Yeah, you got the iceberg on top, and then yeah. most Uh-oh. of the the work of the story never actually makes it to the page. Please yeah. tell us the girl child iceberg. Oh my god! <laughs> uh, so since since she narrates her thoughts out loud, I'm, uh-huh. I'm getting the whole under the sea thing that's not <laughs> making it to the written word. Um, and so she's talking about how like they went out to get get this cat from the dumpster, and. Uh, her friend wanted to to get the cat, but because she is taller, she's told her, "No, you are too short to get it. I can get it." And also, her arms are incredibly long, <laughs> so she can reach the cat easily. And so she, um, we looked up a picture of a dumpster, and she did a decent job of of making it. Yeah, making a dumpster, um, and then herself and her friend next to it, and then her arms just stretch armstrong across the entire page there is no kitten visible in this this thing they are searching for a kitten that may or may not be behind this dumpster but she does have the arms to reach it uh the text merely says that they're looking for the cat that is you're getting the whole trash wolf silverillion yeah (laughs) i was gonna say it's like uh dante's inferno yeah, that as well. Where he was just, you know, basically just dunking on his his political rivals the whole time. <laughs> yeah, more or less. This five-year-old's political rivals. Do we think that Dante was a year older and a little bit taller than when he wrote the book? <laughs> like, in, in the book, he wrote himself just a little little older, yeah. a little taller? Just did, yeah. Pro- probably a little more muscular, too. Did, didn't need to mention... Well, well sure. Yeah. That's what goes that saying. <laughs> And his arms way longer. Uh, so 
the plot thickens on the next page wherein they see this is how you write a book <laughs> yes <laughs> her story structure is actually pretty like stronger than some of the folk tales we've read which is impressive for you a know that's fair mm-hmm. like sometimes had... <laughs> you do read the next page and the plot does not thicken <laughs> that's plot... true plot sometimes thinnens <laughs> sometimes um and and this is this is her like i'm i'm helping her with spelling and with editing down a little bit yeah largely because she will talk for quite some time and it's like all right well do you want to write all of those words you just said no okay what's, then that's fine the what the important ones are yeah um <laughs> uh, but like she she dictated the story to me at first and i just wrote down bullet points and taught her about like making an outline so that mm-hmm. we have that to go back to but all, all of the story structure is her um <laughs> so they see glowing shining eyes glowing and shining yes and as our author um explained in her uh, writing of these words uh which is a painstaking process yeah she, she is going to write them carefully she said as she began sounding <laughs> out how to spell glowing and shining but because glowing and shining are spooky words she is going to write them spooky. Like as if a curse on a page. Indeed. And so she has embellished her text with like spooky squiggles on the words. <laughs> and I don't know if you read that book as a kid where like the word cheese was made out of like illustrated to look like it was made out of cheese. Sure. And I don't know if she's read that either. <laughs> But I appreciated that the instinct to make the words to part make a of the word art, spooky. yeah, was was there. Uh, so she took quite some time painstakingly spookifying, <laughs> um, glowing and shining. That's gonna pay off when you get to the last page. Yeah, like the tension is building. Yeah. And the final page we worked on a tour de force in five-year-old children's art. Um, the trash wolf leapt off of the bin and he scared them and they and she decided she didn't want to write the word scream. She really wanted to bring the audience into the moment. <laughs> so she wrote ah making each A a little bigger as she went across the page so that you would really feel It's diegetic. She did also demonstrate the scream to me, and I'm having a little trouble hearing anymore. Sure, you have to, yeah. Yeah. You have to experience it for yourself. Yeah, you live the art before you make the art. (laughs) Uh, And her illustrations for this are pretty great. Uh, She wanted it to be a two-part illustration for this one to really, like, get the action of this scene. Yeah. Uh, So the the first illustration on the left-hand side of the page is... The reveal of the trash wolf, which is the dumpster with the trash wolf on it, and he has very big claws. (laughs) And then the next illustration is the tour de force action scene, wherein the wolf is leaping, and she's got, like, I mean, it's a circle with stick legs and then circles with claws on them for the legs. Um, So, you know, this isn't, she's not a a prodigy in the creation of, of wolf forms at the age of five, but the line of action... The idea is being communicated. Yeah. Like, she has the movement of the wolf very clearly. Like, its its paws are stretched. You can tell it's leaping. And the sad screaming faces she gave <laughs> herself, still taller, still six years old. <laughs> Lest we forget. She reiterated. <laughs> Tall, but screaming. And her, and her friend were... Short. Were very, yeah, short. Laughably short friend. <laughs> With glasses, because she cannot see. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, the scream faces were, were quite emotive for being very small. So we left on that cliffhanger today. Theoretically, if you would like a spoiler, because I don't know that this is going to survive the night in this form. Uh-huh. Theoretically, this will eventually conclude with them going to another dumpster and the trash wolf finding another wolf named Elsie, 
who is a very pretty wolf, but also scary and hairy like him. Again, However, better than most romances we have in most of these folk tales. True facts, right? Just from that, just from that base point alone. There's some, there's something to admire in the other wolf, and then they also have stuff in common. Uh, I don't know that that is how the story will actually conclude, as that is a rough draft, and we are still working through the final. Um, but that is, that's where we are right now. I bet she's stewing on the story details right now. She might Waiting be. for tomorrow. We did to have revise. to take a lot of breaks to do silly uh, jump rope. Well, sure. That's how you get the juices flowing. Right. And she put on a jump rope show for me, which involved very little actual jump roping and a lot of spinning around with the jump rope. And then mm-hmm. informed me that if I practice for six days and then wait two more days to grow up, I too can be a jump ropist. <laughs> so I have new goals. But can you wait that long? Probably not. I'm very impatient. So that's my spooky story. It's not the Descendants, but, you know. <laughs> what it is. I, mean, I was about to say, nothing can be. <laughs> except for Descendants 4, when it eventually, inevitably oh, arrives. I await the day. <laughs> With bated breath. I should hire this kid for the, oh my the God. writer's room. She's got good plot instincts. I don't, I don't think that's what they want, Carmen. Oh, fair. Or need. Yeah. Sorry. Sorry, kiddo. <laughs> no gainful employment for you uh, Dave I don't know if you've heard the most recent episodes where this segment has started but I do have a new segment okay I don't on this I'm, show I may not have heard this which is reading single panel comic strips from Facebook out loud oh no <laughs> just, 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 just the worst shit I can find on this platform <laughs> and I happened to find a spooky entry it is Halloween themed for spook lore. Okay. Uh, ironically enough, posted by a group called Christmas Wishes and Dreams. Beautiful. <laughs> so we're off to a good start. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is a single panel. It is two children uh, dressed up for Halloween. One is a pirate, so you know that caught my eye. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, the other is uh, a legally distinct Batman. Uh, and they are knocking on a porta potty together. And one of them is saying... Uh, are you sure, Pete? I could swear Mom said the best candy came from the Schmidt house. <laughs> oh, ho, ho. I think I've actually seen this comic. <laughs> <laughs> I've thankfully avoided this one, but it will probably show up now through whatever weird spy <laughs> what, um, Facebook's doing. When is this? Uh, when is that comic from? Uh, well, Christmas Wishes and Dreams posted it on October 9th at 2.20 p.m. Okay. And their their caption is... Hair is a funny to start the day, lol. <laughs> okay, now that they sold me. <laughs> that addition. <laughs> 58,000 likes on this. I just, I think it's gotta be bots, right? Yeah. I, I know that's more likely nowadays. Oh, oh, no, 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 the likes. Yes, that's parts bots. Yes, 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 yes. Yeah, yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. The terrible <laughs> content, I always tell people, no, no, never underestimate people's ability to make awful content on the internet i do not and i hope that they continue making awful content mm. so that that may feed the bots but and so that it may one day become folktales for us yeah. to read uh as is tradition i'm looking through the comments as well a lot of it is just uh grandmas saying i love it or that's funny <laughs> mm-hmm. um but we do have <laughs> a tip <laughs> i guess Ooh. Uh, I will leave this person anonymous, but they say, The best crabs come from Heroes Wonderland in Kingston, Jamaica. Try it, nah. All right. Well, if I'm ever craving crabs. So if if you're around. (laughs) If I'm ever in a position. Uh, Someone decides to get political and says, A Democrat at Halloween. These are children. (laughs) What? (laughs) What? I I don't even understand how that works on on any level. Wait, <clears throat> a uh, top fan of this page posted Ooh. sick play with words <laughs> and i don't disagree radical <laughs> pretty radical er- erudite <laughs> commentary we know that that person got it <laughs> i i also love all the people that try to like add to the joke or one up the joke somehow oh do you have like, any like this person saying make sure they are the real tootsie rolls <laughs> 
that's pretty uh-huh. good. That's pretty good. <laughs> it's not bad. I don't think that's the right house. Yeah, that's the joke. <laughs> you got it. Great job. You know what? How many drinks did mom take before she said Schmidt? <laughs> mm, okay. It's developing a little bit of a backstory to this, huh? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Getting some character work in. Well, I'm spook primed. Do you got, Do you folks want to hear? Yeah, let's, a... let's do it. I'm ready. I'm ready for a spooky story. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, what's spookier than what you can find in your own backyard? We're sticking to North Ma- North America right now. Oh, okay. Served us well in the past when I've been here. <laughs> uh, this is a Charles Skinner find. He lived from 1852 to 1907. I think I have mistakenly like assumed he is a more recent person just because of like the tendency towards spooky content. Um, Maybe immortal. Possibly. Um, but this is The Loss of Jacob Hurd, as sourced from fairytales with a z.com, raddest fairy tale site on the internet. <laughs> as always. It's very easy to, like, search, which is nice. It's probably by design, honestly. Yeah, but y- you'd think... It was a wise decision. ...would design themselves in that way, and they yeah. do not. So, good on fairy... That is the raddest fairy tale site on the, <laughs> on the internet. Like, legitimately, not just because of its z. Um, all right. So, let's learn about Jacob Hurd. He was the stern witch harrier of Ipswich. Say that again? Yeah, what are those words? <laughs> so, his demeanor is stern. Stern, got yes. it. His job title is witch harrier. Uh-huh. What are those ones? I believe that means he bothers witches. Yeah, that's what I <laughs> that's what I took from it. His abode is Ipswich. Okay. Man, I have I been in the wrong biz? <laughs> <laughs> you should start bothering some witches. I could get into that. Go to Ipswich. They might have an opening. I mean, the title of this fairy tale would indicate then Jacob Hurd is no longer in his position. This is what I'm going to be doing next time, you guys. Uh, next time I'm on this podcast. Just some side hustle witch harrying. Witch harrying, yeah. <laughs> Jacob could abide nothing that was out of the ordinary. Hmm. Normie to the core. I feel like this is not a good job for him, then. <clears throat> or the I, best job. Yeah, it makes, mm-hmm. it, it makes it a lot easier I, to bother. I guess that's true. You don't feel bad about it. Yeah. yeah. And in fact, you do feel a little hatred towards them. So anything out of the ordinary could range from a flight on a broomstick. Yeah, check. Or the to the wrong adding of figures. Oh, uh. <laughs> so. Well, I, I, where does this guy live that everyone is so good at math that that's out of the ordinary? <laughs> yeah, bad math and broomsticks. That's what bothers <laughs> Jacob Hurd. I'm I'm excited to see how this character is going to develop. Well, his son gave him a lot of trouble. Because he's an imaginative boy. Yeah, speaking as an imaginative boy myself, we typically are very bad with numbers. <laughs> well, yeah, that's true. <laughs> it's yeah. true. And also tend to fool around with broomsticks in a way that is not sweeping properly. <laughs> mm-hmm. He liked to walk alone and talk to birds. And okay. make rhymes. And pick Not hearing flowers. a lot about numbers right now. Yep, pick flowers and dream. No numbers, no sports. Normie dad's nightmare. <laughs> um, so Jacob's pretty certain this kid's never going to make a good farmer or mechanic or tradesman. The three jobs. <laughs> the three respectable jobs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the, it, it bothers The only him. three jobs that don't have witchcraft in them. <laughs> Well, yeah, why wouldn't he want him to follow him into the witch-harrying business? <laughs> Just poke some witches. Yeah. Uh, so one day the child ran in with a story of a golden horse with the tail and mane of silver that he had ridden over land and sea, climbing mountains and swimming rivers. This kid's like the opposite of the trash wolf creator. <laughs> but but same, like, same coin. Mm-hmm. Uh, other side of trash wolf coin. Uh, Jacob turns pale with fright that the boy has been bewitched when he hears this story. <laughs> Which I suppose if you are a fellow whose job is harrying witches and you do not abide by 
things out of the norm. You also are unfamiliar with the concept of daydreaming, and that just doesn't occur. This is exactly why Spider-Man wears a mask. (laughs) (laughs) So that the witches can't come and mess with his family. Mm -hmm. He's made his son a target by harrying these witches in broad daylight. That is true. Yeah, you you probably shouldn't bother witches (laughs) unmasked. Mm-hmm. So when when you get into the the witch herring business, just keep that in mind. Yeah, protect yourself. This is how HBO's Watchmen happened. <laughs> <laughs> it's exactly like that. <laughs> Thank you, Tyler. <laughs> my my boy came in and he pleaded for me to listen to his story, and I looked down and I said no. <laughs> <laughs> So as the boy continues his tale, the awfulness of the invention becomes manifest, uh, which I think is folklore speak for Jacob realized that the kid's making things up. He's out of his fucking mind. He's delirious with witchcraft. (laughs) And so Jacob cries, you know you're lying, and strikes him. Whoa. The boy staggers into his mother's arms and then falls into a fever that night. Hmm. That's the witch's fault too, right? Yeah, well, maybe. Sure. I don't know. Let's see. This is sometime between 1852 and 1907, where, like, walking in the rain means you're put up for a week with a cold in someone else's house. So it's quite possible that you could just smack the sickness into somebody at this point. (laughs) Um, So the boy's feverish. He's raving about his horse and all the places he'll see. And Jacob hmm. sits at his side, sore in his heart. I'm not. It's not clear if he's sore in his heart for like what he did. Yeah, no, not that. No. Should probably double check that before I just say that and make sure I didn't. He's sore that this boy is oozing witchcraft still. Yeah, he's just too too sore in his heart for words, and he doesn't leave the cot for food or sleep till the fever's burned out. So, he or the boy? Uh, <laughs> both. Jacob. Yeah, well, yeah. Probably the, the both, The boy's yeah. kind of trapped there. Right. So just before the kid closes his eyes, he looks about him, and he says, I hear the horse pawing in the road. Pawing? Yeah, you know how they, like, like horses sometimes Yeah, no, yeah. I, I, I didn't know you would use... Pawing uh, for a horse? Yeah, horses don't have paws. <laughs> I don't know what else you'd you'd use for that. Who that Dave, it's the witchcraft again. <laughs> it's interfering with my vocabulary. <laughs> cause cause yeah, like hooving is not a good word. You don't right. <laughs> you don't want to be in a situation where you have to use the word hooving. <laughs> and not just because it's really close to hoovering, which turns that horse into a vacuum cleaner. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Another horrible form of witchcraft and yeah. force shape-shifting trauma. Get dangerously Man. close to witchcraft yourself, Carmen. <laughs> Man, this this makes every, this is now I understand why people do this kind of thing. It's so easy. <laughs> Everything's so simple. It's all just witchcraft. Yeah, it Jeez. takes a lot off of your plate. Right. Yeah, you don't have to think very hard about anything. Yeah. So whether it was dust or a cloud or a sunbeam, for an instant it seemed like the horse was actually there. And the boy cried out with joy, then sinks into the pillow, lifeless. Wow. Uh, holy shit. So I'm gonna say that was a pretty hard strike. Yeah. Some kind pretty of Pretty rough fever. fever. Yeah. I don't, I don't know if you can hit someone hard enough in the head to make them feverish. And I'm not going to search history, that one. <laughs> to find out. about... I was about to say, we haven't asked for a grant for a while. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, the the government stopped getting back to us after we turned in our paper on sheep watching TV. (laughs) Apparently it wasn't relevant. Now I'm curious if I can punch a sheep so hard it gets a fever. (laughs) Like, I honestly, like, I I feel bad for the NSA. Like... (laughs) Like, the people who have to look over the insane shit that happens on the internet, like, that's... No, that's that's not that's not an enviable job. Wish that on my worst enemy. <laughs> yeah. And I contribute a good amount of it apparently. Mm-hmm. <laughs> With the things I say out loud on the show. Yeah. 
No one stops you from talking on the internet. It's wild. <laughs> um, so sometime after this, we're just gonna like skip over any of the emotional implications of this kid. Another dying. another thing that is frequent on this podcast, just like <laughs> skipping parts of the story yeah. that seem important and meaningful. Why? Why would we have an emotional beat? That was all mere setup for these much more important events, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. Right, because the story's the loss of Jacob Heard. Not loss of boy we didn't bother naming. (laughs) So sometime after this, Jacob sets off early enough in the morning that the stars are still out. Uh, And this is so so really not morning at all. Yeah, still at night. Yeah, I think I think earlier than ass crack of dawn. (laughs) I think fully in the sphincter of dawn. Um. Then the purpose of his trip is to see three witches hanged. Oh, right. Yeah. That's I don't know if he's, if he's just watching it or if he's doing the, the hanging. Yeah. Is that the quota for the day? Is, is he just required to spectate? Yeah. I don't, I don't know if he's a spectator. If he, if seeing them hanged is, is that he is kind of like the managerial force right, behind yeah. it. Uh, or if he goes to witch hangings to harangue them. <laughs> Ooh, I like so, that idea. Yeah, that's we're getting into the nitty gritty of what his job actually is, and like, it is heckling people that are being hanged. It's like how, like, have you ever read about how in like, like in certain parts of Eastern Europe, they would like, they believed in vampires and they would kill vampires, but who was a vampire had an extremely strict legal definition, and so like whether you could, like, some you could you could dig up a grave and you know stab the the corpse inside it because it was a vampire didn't want it to get back up but god help you if you did it illegally <laughs> you had to have a magistrate come down and like specifically declare to a very high standard of evidence that this person was a vampire then you <laughs> dig up the body and stab him like hey look i appreciate that like you are not vampire until proven vampire yeah mm-hmm. in the but, courts of vampire sure I, I, I just mean like i'm envisioning that like that that's part of like the really really specific like if they if they hang you as a witch and there wasn't someone there to heckle you in the process it was in you know an illegal witch hanging yeah but what kind of domino effect does that set off right <laughs> that's how you lose a whole town mm-hmm. well you need an official heckler right an accre- accredited heckler <laughs> yeah he needs to have a harrying license prominently displayed mm mm-hmm. mhm and it's not an easy... They probably do this at the Sphincter of Dawn so that, you know, Joe Schmo can't come and, and do an illegal heckling. Mm-hmm. It was it was a real problem yeah. at some point. Like, this isn't, this isn't a glamorous job, Mm-mm. the harrying. It's rough hours. It's, it tells you a lot about this guy's, you know, character. Like, you only do it if you really love it. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you you Harry, if if that's the thing that you would be doing if you weren't being paid for it, because <laughs> right. you got you got to look the sphincter of Don in the eye. Other, otherwise, he'd just be doing it without getting paid, right? <laughs> but he's got to look the sphincter of Don in the eye. Go walk his way to a witch hanging, and occasionally encounter people who are bad at math. <laughs> My God! So. Yeah, it's it is not uh it's not the glamorous life that it's you know made out to be. Is it is it made out to be glamorous? <laughs> There's it's like an excellent question. We've sketched out such an incredible set of cultural assumptions about everything <laughs> in this story. Um to to that point, I said the first sentence of the story and you decided it was your career for next year, so <laughs> You know I would what? say that's you're right. <laughs> that's that's the signal of glamour. Yep. It's glamorous to someone. <laughs> and I'm not gonna name names. <laughs> but in, in real life it's like being a famous actor, right? Like it looks all all fun and games, but but you don't see the the ass crack of dawn twelve hour shooting days, that kind of thing that goes into it. Uh, so anyway, he is off to see three witches saying, t- however, that witnessing occurs. <laughs> and at evening, 
because we don't need to see him do his job. Everyone knows what a witch harrier does. Uh, at evening, his horse comes flying up the road, splashed with blood and foam. It's a weird party. This is how the neighbors know of his death. This next bit, I don't know if it's just like narrator bonus information for us. And not in the diegesis of the, the story as experienced by any of the characters in it. But he is lying by the wayside with an arrow in his heart and an axe mark in his head. Shit. Uh, it is not witches that the story blames for this either. Yeah, I, I guess that just happened back then sometimes. Mm-hmm. So his wife runs to the door and shakes with fear at the horse's approach. But then she sees that the sunset glow, the horse's sides have a shine kind of like gold. And its mane and tail are silver white. You know, based... Based on that forensic details you just gave us, I'm kind of worried that I killed this guy in Red Dead Redemption. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like I did this to a lot of people just passing by on the road. Yeah. And a lot of horses. As as Arthur Pickles. (laughs) Arthur Pickles Morgan. Man cooker. The the man cooker. Is this another thing that I'm not aware of? Yeah, I'll send you a video later. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah, I forgot that you took video evidence. See, that you've got that also <laughs> in your YouTube chambers, so you could do an Arthur Pickles supercut and explain <laughs> the story of Arthur Pickles Morgan. Um, so the horse that seems to match the description of the, the sun's imaginary horse in the sunset glow gets before the house, but the woman does not faint or cry at the blood splash on the saddle. For... It was expected. Yeah, yeah. yeah. For a it was while bound it... to go out this way someday. <laughs> Witches or otherwise. <laughs> I knew it when I married him. <laughs> the life of a witch harrier ends in blood. <laughs> uh, so yeah, she doesn't faint at the blood on the saddle, because while it might be a dust cloud, she sees for just a moment a boy with a shining face on its back who throws a kiss at her. Huh. Shining, but was it glowing? No, just shining. Probably creepily. That could have been a lot scarier than it was. It Mm. could. It was only about half as scary as Trash Wolf. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Her Paul. I believe this is the first time this name's dropped. Uh Uh-huh. So, the son. Paul. Paul. Help me, Paul. It's him. He He did not get the help he needed. No. Her Paul. Little poet lives in spirit, and has found happiness. He found his ghost horse and killed his own dad about it. I guess so. Because <laughs> other, like, the story does not make any implicit ties from one event to the other. And it does overtly blame Native Americans mm-hmm. for this, because like, they, it describes it the arrow, arrow with the incorrect terminology. For first peoples, um, so it just seems like as as written as presented in the narrative, like it's just a bunch of random shit that happened. <laughs> um, but I do like your explanation of Ghost Boy done killed his dad. <laughs> yeah, that's far more compelling. So we once again are presented with bones. And these are not even mischievous bones, so we must do mischief to them and and build this out into a better horror. I think you've given it a good start there. Witches take a surprising backseat role in this. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like that's maybe one thing to change. I mean, I guess he's not a... Our, our initial character was not introduced as a witch hunter. He is a witch harrier. Yeah. yeah. So. A Much more tangentially related. Yeah. Right. So we have we have a lot of loose threads flapping in the wind. And the first mm-hmm. is, is witch bothering. Let's collect them all. Yeah. We've got witch bothering. Mm-hmm. Not followed up on and only gets him out of the house, which could have been anything. I'm open to if you have an idea of how to incorporate that like how to how to tie that thread closer to the narrative but i also kind of like it as a red herring <laughs> that's true yeah I, I because do kinda... we got hook line and sinkered by it 
Like we bought in, we were so fixated on witches that we, the ghost boy mur- axe murdering his dad was a real twist. It, it's like how yeah. it's like how when you first go into Bloodborne, you don't know what it's really about. Exactly. And I, I like that that also means that the, one of the conceits in this is just that this is a normal thing for someone to be doing. Yeah. Right. Given the time period, mm-hmm. it was like a, it was like mailman. <laughs> it's just it's just a job. It's it's the fourth respectable job <laughs> other than farmer, mechanic, or tradesman. Um then we have the the ghost horse or the the silver gold horse thing. And I feel like that's maybe something that would need a little bit more fleshing out. Sure. Maybe a, a side story of their adventures together in the afterlife. Mm. Possibly, yeah. And there are a lot of horse based um fey creatures mm-hmm. um, many of which are deadly trickster type oh yeah that's beings. true because uh, you've got like the kelpie is the obvious one um, there's there's another uh, pukas can turn into a horse like that's one of the shapes that they take um, they're usually either all black or all white but with golden eyes so that could maybe be an interesting take on it there there are a few other ones that i just don't have off the top of my head but it's a pretty common like kidnapping fey shape do we think the horse story that he told was an omen like he saw a sooth as they would say indeed (laughs) did he foresee his own death and therefore afterlife upon this horse i know i'm a bit of a one-trick pony but he could also be a changeling (laughs) <laughs> well, mm-hmm. wait who could the boy how I don't know like <laughs> he was <laughs> look, look, he was it kind of sounds like you just want him to be one <laughs> no 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 he's like he was a normal boy yeah and then he starts getting all daydreamy and poetry and, and... oh you're saying that was a sudden oncoming yeah and not his dad ignoring him yeah. Because he was an imaginative boy. I think it's the weaker take. I'm going to retract <laughs> that one. Mm. Um, I was just like, what if he's the puka? Sure. Like, he's the horse. Dun, dun, dun. But he could he could maybe have have seen a sooth. Which might allow for a little bit more running down the red herring road. Mm-hmm. With Jacob being like, is he bewitched? It's got to be witches. It's witches all the way down. And that's the cruel irony of Jacob's life is that it was never once witches. <laughs> and what if the horse thing, like, it was, maybe it was just a daydream. Like, not a, not a sooth said at all. Just a happy daydream. A story he was working on. He had this really neat poem idea involving a horse. Then his dad hits him so hard he has a hemorrhagic fever. Um, and ghost vengeance is him making that horse reality like fuck you dad manifesting yeah and so then we would need to see it like i think the major thing the story is missing is any time between the boy crying with joy and sinking on the pillow lifeless and jacob off to see witches hanged <laughs> any any emotional beats between that would enliven this quite a bit yeah there's an awful lot of interim to work with right where we can maybe be seeing flashes of this horse because that's the other thing like we're we're seeing a little bit it could have been real it could have been dust have we considered that the horse was an alien <laughs> not yet <laughs> Tyler I wasn't ready for that <laughs> I invite you all to consider it now <laughs> this is an abduction story yeah and that's why it was glowing <laughs> I mean that's what um that's that's what changing stories are anyway. They're just alien Pretty much. stories. But, yeah. But more Irish. <laughs> I like that the the mom I feel like we, we can get a little bit more out of the mom character too, because she shows up twice and one is to catch the boy after the hemorrhagic fever strike. Uh and then at the very end To where name she, him. Yeah, to name him. But also like she's fearful at the approach of the horse but when she sees ghost boy she's like it's all right 
and there's not a second she makes thought peace with it for the titular jacob heard yeah which makes me think it's not such a loss <laughs> doesn't seem like it mm. not a lot of mourning occurs so maybe what jacob heard lost was his humanity <laughs> Is there a better word that we can use? There's got to be a better word we can use. Uh, let's workshop that one. That's not a good, that would be a bad tagline. We need we needed a better one for the posters. <laughs> I just mean like if he wasn't a loss, what was he then? What's losing something and then you don't really care? <laughs> There's probably a reason we don't really have a word for that. Because <laughs> we we just don't care. We generally don't find ourselves in need of it. <laughs> The misplacement of Jacob Hurd. I was going to say the squandering of Jacob Hurd. But both of those sound way more like Edgar Allan Poe titles, which I think is a a plus. What about when you lose something and it's a relief? Do we have a good word for that? Um, All the witches are breathing a sigh of relief. (laughs) Yeah. There's got to be some, like, cool old-fashioned word that... Where, Where you offset a burden? Yeah. Drop, fail, forget, give up. <laughs> I, I do like the forgetting of Jacob Because <laughs> that's kind of what everyone did. The failing of Jacob Heard is a, a, also an accurate <laughs> descriptor of the events of the story. Yeah. The, the shedding. More, the more sh- of an active verb of what he does. <laughs> the shedding of Jacob Heard. <laughs> I do like that. <laughs> The peeling. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> the sloughing. Like, yeah, it's like some sort of cocoon. The ousting of Jacob Hurt. <laughs> that makes it sound like more more effort than it was. He <laughs> really is just, just kind of gone. <laughs> not even all. Not even intentionally, right? I mean, Paul maybe intended it. <laughs> mm, yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah, I'm start- I'm starting to think that maybe this is uh this is a different kind of story that has been smuggled into our possession. <laughs> like somebody wants to tell the truth about what really happened to Jacob Heard. I can't say it outright because they're afraid of that vengeful ghost. Yeah. Or 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 getting harried. I do like I like the image of this ghost kid after having murdered his father. Blowing a kiss to his mom and then disappearing into the sunset. <laughs> like, I feel like that's a very powerful last image of a horror. Indeed. Yes. And he's found happiness, little poet. <laughs> yes. Among the stars on his alien horse. <laughs> <laughs> You're just gonna keep. You should keep coming back with this like over multiple episodes, Tyler. <laughs> just keep pushing the alien agenda. Well, it's about time that we start heading towards science fiction rather than fantasy. Mm. That's true. We have been these, in fantasy for... Half of these just feel like that anyway, right? Yeah. Well, I think we spooked this one up from from its original... Sure. ...spooked levels <laughs> of middling. I find that it is acceptable. All right. The Crime Weaver seal of approval. <laughs> Just issued by the same place that issues, you know, official harrying licenses. (laughs) Yeah, do you see a lot of uh, witch harriers at your offices, Tyler? Seems like it'd be a related department. The crime weavers' Uh, offices. It's it's every other day of the week, because Uh, I play both sides of the field, honestly. Oh, yeah, yeah. Sounds like you. Yeah. (laughs) That's why it's a weave. Yeah, I I deal with witches and their harriers. (laughs) Yeah. You have you have to warp and lift. I, I mean, I, I I can't lie. Like considering some of the stuff that we've seen on the other ones, I've been I I have been here. I've been present for on uh-huh. this podcast. Like this was this was a real you know this was really laid back. <laughs> <laughs> there were some real like there were some really like explosive events in <laughs> in, in some of the other ones that we, that I've that I've been here with you guys when you covered. That's been I, don't, kind of the... I don't know if it's a relief or not. <laughs> That's one of the challenges with the spooky ones. Yeah, um, you never know. You never know. Like, a lot of them are very bare bones in their telling. Uh, as I said last week, I, I was hunting down some, and there was a whole collection of ones collected at Dartmouth, and they'd have 
enticing titles like the haunting of this particular house and you'd get down to the the thing ready for the story and just like this house is haunted ghosts (laughs) in it and around it the end (laughs) so yeah you just you never know sometimes we have to make our own fun here so thank you for joining us i hope that uh that your (laughs) witch herring license comes in the mail expediently you know i gotta i gotta do something now <laughs> now that you've been gate kept from gatekeeping yeah yeah i mean considering tough, tough break considering how the manual worked out like it was it was inevitable it was gonna happen to someone <laughs> <laughs> better to have it happen fast yeah before you get settled in yeah uh, thanks to the fairy tale and a skateboard with two pairs of sunglasses who uh, runs this particular corner of the internet <laughs> fairy tales great content uh thank you to all of our patrons for supporting the show uh thank you to our top tier patrons realistic duck badger mcgee five-headed snake god allison frog whisperer k fox the great lucky lord of dragons biblio princess midori becca lobster no longer the other Haley. uh i am the purveyor of fairy tales i am the light in the darkness i am folklore ally to del noir nightmare to you you know who that is. Uh-huh. <laughs> Awkward. Okay, task jump scare. This is an Funky. incredible spread of characters in these names. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> this is the other cast of What the Folklore. Right. Uh, Funky Little Strawberry. Lemur. Spaghetto. Caitlin. Step three, bake for nine to 11 minutes or until golden brown. Your girl, Olwen. Allie. Knife Dad. Kovis Cat. The universe shakes with the force of Vespa's escape to January. The consequences may be dire. <laughs> Versus me, your local fursona inspector. Pyrus. Wow. Nathan the Scott. A- another interesting profession. Yes. Uh, Millipedish officially holds a preschool CDA. <laughs> Hi, Liz to Sublimbus. Certain man. A dubious little creature. Certain Haley Prime. Man. AO the Nightmare. Lily, Izzy, and also Jenna. Thank you. Uh, thank you also, Trash Wolf. Thanks, Trash Wolf. <laughs> Both glowing and shining. <laughs> and thank you always, Doug. Thank you, son of Dopey. No. <laughs> you take that blasphemy out of here, Tyler. Thank you, the one true Doug. <laughs> Thanks, Doug. <laughs> We're what the folklore, and that's how it works. This has been What the Folklore. Thanks for listening to our show. If you have story suggestions for us, please send them to wtfolklore at gmail.com and follow us on Facebook and Twitter. Special thanks to the Brobdingnagian Bards for the use of their song Happily Ever After from their album Brobdingnagian Fairy Tales. If you enjoyed our show, please rate and review us on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts.